Voice of Niger on Radio Razo every Monday from 6 o'clock to 10 o'clock in the morning for your spiritual blessings and upliftment. For community news, your interviews, special requests, and others. Tune into 105.2 megahertz ETA and 103.8 megahertz on camera. We delight and entertain you. Hey, we also have more stuff coming your way. We have business matters. We have social and educational matters. We have health and healing matters. We also have legal matters. For more information, call us on 020-368-1968. We delight and entertain you. Voice of Niger on Radio Razo every Monday from 6 to 10 a.m. Razo! Voice of Ninja is right here to promote your business. Yes, your social events, weddings, birthday parties, baby ceremonies, graduation, anniversaries, engagements. All your events can be promoted right here on Voice of Ninja. Yes, you heard me right. Don't know about you because you're not promoting your business. We can bring you the awareness that you need for all those revivals, seminars, special events, conferences, church services, your Sunday services, your social events, weddings, birthday parties, baby ceremonies, graduation, anniversaries, engagements. Call us today right now at 06-846-06-550. That's 06-846-06-550. Voice of Ninja, your place to advertise.
Good morning. Good morning to you out there. My name is Apostle Larry Duggan, and this is Radio Niger coming to you on the airwaves of uh, Radio Russell. Beautiful sunny Monday morning. You are great. And we are sure that it will be a good day. You are so most welcome to this morning's show, and we want you to stick with us for the next two hours at the most. You will enjoy every bit of it. You are great. I promise you. This song is just to lift up the name of the Lord, to install His greatness. And I want to invite you to be a part of it as we lift up the name of the Lord, to bless His name and worship Him. Uh, we declare this session open with a word of prayer. And Father God, once again, all the glory, praise and honor belongs to you. On behalf of myself, my wife, our household, on behalf of all the believers in this city, this nation, we want to thank you that you have, your mighty hands have kept and sustained us. You have been our provider, our healer, our comforter. We want to ask you this day, Lord, to go ahead of us and lead us every step of the way. Bless and prosper the work of our hands. We commit this broadcast especially into your hands that you will use it to touch lives and help us all. Thank you for every home that is receiving this broadcast. Every man and woman, every family. My God, touch them deeply at the points of their need. Work a wonder in our lives. Magnify and exalt your holy name. Let the glory of the Lord be poured out as never before. Thank you so very much, Lord. Be glorified. Jesus, amen.
Well, as you know, um, I'm in the studio here. Apostle Helen Roof will be, uh, well, you'll be hearing her voice shortly. She's live in the studio. We will be bringing to you uh, highlights of what's coming your way today. Our duty this morning to be serving you with some very good gospel music, tidbits from the Word of God, and a lot more. To, to all our fans out there, good morning. I will want you to engage with us today, and let's have a great time together. to bring to you now the uh, the psalm of today taking it from psalm 75 psalm 75 it says I will give thanks to you O God we give thanks for your wondrous works declare that your name is near when I choose the proper time, I will judge uprightly. The law, the earth, and all its inhabitants are dissolved. I set up its pillars firmly. I set the boastful. Do not deal boastfully. And to the wicked, do not lift up your horns. Do not lift up your horn on high. Do not speak with a stiff neck. For exaltation comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge, and he puts down one and exalts another. For in the cup, in the hand of the Lord, there is a cup, and the wine is red. It is fully mixed. He pours it out. Surely, its dregs shall all the the wicked of the earth drink, drain and drink down. But I will declare forever. I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. All the horns of the wicked will also, will I also cut off. But the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. Say amen. The horns of the righteous shall be exalted. Yes, 
as a symbolic language of saying the authority and the power. The strength of the righteous shall be exalted. God will ensure that whatever pertains to you will be established. And anything to the contrary will be subdued and broken. Say a big amen to that. Enjoy the music as it comes. And we get ready to bring to you uh, in, very, in the course of time the word of God. And after that, a piece of the pastoral forum. Today we'll be continuing our health, uh, healthy lifestyle segment. We'll be talking to uh, a migrant mother and uh, a Dutch, native Dutch mother. And we'll be looking at uh, what it takes to raise healthy children from both cultural angles, cultural racial angles. We want you to be very much a part of this great time, this great discussion that will be coming up from 9 o'clock.
Good morning once again in case you just join us. This is Radio Niger. Coming to you on the airwaves of Radio Razo. Good morning to all of you out there. Our friends and fans. Uncle Bobo and the rest of them. Madam Yvonne and all those good people out there. God bless you. The known ones and the unknown ones. This is Radio Niger Live. On the airwaves of uh, Radio Razo. Getting ready to blow you away. With the word of God. And after that, some other nice things. God bless you. Enjoy the show.
Is incomparable. 
Okay, now it's time for the Word of God. And I'm glad and honored to present to you this morning, Apostle Heller of Dokino. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, somebody. I'm glad to be coming your way this hour. As you have heard, my name is Apostle Helen Rudokeno of Rivers of Life Bible Church. I'm positioned this moment to bring a few words of exhortation to you. Um, let's pray. Father, we thank you and we bless you. We give you praise for a bright new day you've just given unto us again. We thank you for the gift of life. Holy Spirit, please take absolute control and use these lips of clay for the glory of your name. I pray that you touch the ears of our hearers, that they would, O oh God, hear the word of God without any distraction and let it minister to them life. Be glorified, Lord, in Jesus' name. And all the saints joyfully say, Big Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Um, <laughs> honestly speaking, I really want to encourage us from my heart, deep down my heart, even though I'm going to uh, read some scriptures, but I just want to talk about signs of um, mature Christians. Why is this important? It's very, very important um, for us in Christendom to try to grow. When we grow in our spiritual dealings, when we grow and become mature Christians, the job will become easier and the world will become better. Because sometimes it baffles me why people easily get irritated and, and why maturity is not being displayed among us even when we say we are <coughs> Christians. Therefore, if you are listening to this broadcast and you are a Christian, I am encouraging you to grow, encouraging you to become mature. When people are mature, there are certain things we see in them. So if you are mature in the Lord, you will show up with the attitudes of Christ. Can I hear amen? You will be like Christ. People will see you and see me and we will become readable. We will become readable. They may not necessarily go to the Bible to read, but our exemplary lifestyle will depict, will show, and will promote and lift up Christ in the nation that we are in. Say a big amen. The Bible tells me in the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 11, from verse 20, from verse 22, let's read. It says, Then the news of distance came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. The news, the good news, of what was happening around after the crucifixion, uh, the, of, of, um, after the stoning of uh, Stephen and the church have scattered by that time. People have gone to various places. They have taken, they have hidden themselves in some areas, you know, the disciples of Jesus. So what happened was that there was much persecution, but in the midst of the persecution, 
things were still happening among them. The Bible said the news of these things, what great things that was happening, reached the church in Jerusalem. And they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. When he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad. And he encouraged them all that were with purpose of heart that they should continue with the Lord. Hallelujah. They should continue with the Lord. That means he encouraged them. The disciples, they have scattered. They have gone to places, run to different cities and different villages. But the power of God was still with them. Why? Because they, they, that, that seed that had been sown in them, the seed of salvation, went with them wherever they were. They were, they were genuinely converted and became followers of Christ. So if you are a child of God and you say you are a Christian, you must be genuinely converted. You must genuinely leave the old nature. Genuinely repent. Genuinely confess your sins and then take Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. And then when you have genuinely done this things, I'm telling you, there is no way the old nature will be showing up and will and grow the new nature of Christ, which is in you. Though you may still have the old body, but through the confession that you have made, you have obtained salvation. That means you've been salvation, you've been saved from your wretchedness. You've been saved from the old nature. You've been saved from the things that have the power to destroy. And now you put on Christ. That means you are now having the semblance of Christ in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, grow up. Say, grow, become a mature Christian. It is so sweet when you become a mature Christian. That's the time God can trust you with things. He can trust I mean, just like in the natural, you cannot give a child what he can't handle. Many of us are crying and telling, Papa God, please do this, do this, do this. Daddy, do this, do this. Father in heaven, please do this, do this. But we are not getting them because he is expecting some certain level of maturity which we are not displaying. So he cannot give to you that which you are craving for because you are not mature. When you give a child that is craving for fire because he's looking at the flame and it is very, very interesting to him. And you put that fire in his hand, it will burn him. So certain things we are craving, but because we're not matured, we can't receive them. So if you want to be receiving from God, please grow and be matured. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the Bible said, this guy traveled. They went as far as to go and be looking for Saul. And the Bible also said the same Barnabas they said that he was a good man and full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the church. So then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year, they assembled with the church 
and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Mm. When they were sending somebody to go and meet Saul, after they have heard that this Saul had become converted, they didn't just send somebody who was a novice. They didn't just send somebody who is like a yo-yo. They sent forth a man. A man that was written in the Bible as a good man, full of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible said, he was also full of faith. So look at the qualities of Machado. He was what? A good man. A good man. The Bible called him a good man. The Bible called him a man that was uh, full of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit? See? He was full of it. And then the Bible also said he, he was a man full of faith. <laughs> so, do you see that? You see? The goodness of God in the life of this man began to be manifested to the point that people can testify that indeed he was a good man, he was full of the Holy Spirit, and he was full of faith. Why did they send such a man to go and meet Saul? Because they know that he wasn't just going to go and meet ordinary person, he was just going to go and meet somebody who have once been persecuting the church, who was full of wisdom, who was, you know, who have become too learned in the secular world. So they needed somebody that would have, would be able to contend this man to go and meet him and bring him. So the goodness he displayed made them, made others who saw them to now say, indeed, these are Christians. Christians means followers of Christ. Are you hearing me? The, 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 that word Christian means a follower. And a follower of Christ is a disciple. Or a disciple is a follower of Christ. Then the question is, if you become a matured Christian, then you are now a disciple. And then my question is, are you a disciple? Are you really, really a true follower of Christ? This morning, I encourage you to know that you can only be called that word, that name, Christian, when they have seen people, the outside world, have seen that you are really displaying the nature of Christ. Let me read what I saw. Somebody posted on Facebook or WhatsApp, and it really touched me. Qualities of a matured Christian. Say, one, they speak the truth at all time. It's beautiful. Do you speak the truth? And I, I agree, I concur with that. Do you speak the truth? Are you saying something on Sunday and then the Monday you are another person? Today now is Monday. Some of us will be going to work and some of us are on the way and some of us have already reached. What sort of language do you speak there among your colleagues that will make them know that you are a follower of Christ? Yesterday you've been in church shouting and praising God. But I encourage that that same joy and that same way you displayed yesterday, you will display it in your environment this very day and this very week. The Bible said they are good listeners 
Are you a good, a good listener or are you a talker? Good listeners. You see, those who follow Christ, a mature Christian must be able to be a good listener. Because without you listening, very good. How would you be able to assimilate? How would you understand when the correct message is coming? How would you hear from God? So today we have people who will just go on their knees and they pray, 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 they rattle and rattle and they, they just get up. They don't even care to know what God is saying to them. Please grow up and be matured. Because when you grow and you are matured, you will be able to know what is the will of God, an acceptable will of God for you in this very season. As long as you are praying every day, God will speak to you. I pray that you will become a good listener so that you don't only speak to God, but you learn to listen. Mature Christians, they hardly take offense. Wow, I love this one. Yes, even the Bible tells us offense will abound and offense will come. But woe unto the person from whom offense cometh. Because of offense, people leave the body of Christ. Because of offense, people leave relationships. Because of offense, people are wounded and they leave their jobs. Because of offense, nobody is ready to trust anybody. But mature Christians can go through offense. They can, you know, they can put up. They can, they can really endure offense and overcome it. <laughs> you don't need to break out from relationships when offense comes up, but but endure it and go through it. And that will be a very good mark that people will look into your life and say, ah, this man, this woman, she doesn't take offense, so you can say anything. And she has a way of just playing through the whole thing and then offense doesn't stay continuously. It comes and it goes. So that the, your ability to handle it when it comes would what will show that you are a mature Christian. Look at this. He said, mature Christians are quick to forgive. Is it true? Yes, it is. Without forgiveness, your sins can never be written off. So if you want your sins to be written off by God the Father, you also must learn to forgive. You forgive and then you can go before God boldly because you're forgiving somebody else and then you can also ask God to forgive you. But what do we have? Immature Christians are not. It's, when I talk about immature, I'm not talking about just uh, people who are not good. I'm talking about people who have even been in, in church for, for, for years, but they have not grown to become mature because of little, little squabbles here and there. They take offense, they carry unforgiveness, and, 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 they, and they carry bitterness, and they, they sow that seed of bitterness from generation to generation. They are never happy worshiping God. Today I pray that you will become, you will be, you will be set free. I pray that the Lord will help you. Let me tell you, mature Christians are reliable. Can God trust you? In the midst of storm, are you reliable? Can, can, can your overseer trust you? Can those, can those that have been, you have been worshiping, can they trust you? Or are you the type, immediately a new church comes in town, you jump and then you move to that. And then you lie. You are once a member when you were in Africa, so the church has come here and now then you have to jump. There was this lady, within two years, 
this person have gone to four churches. And I begin to wonder, how come? What are they really looking for? Going from one place to place to place to place. You are not matured. As long as you are not matured, you can never be trusted with anything tangible. May God set us free from immaturity. And just to end up this because of my time, mature Christians are supportive. You see, they support, they stand with you. Just like uh, 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 when Moses went to the mountain, you, you see Joshua and the rest of Caleb and the nun, they are healed. They had to put something in their hands and they, they, they had to carry up the hand of the man, of course, so that he can, sustain, he can be sustained in prayer. Are you supportive? In what way are you supporting the work of God? In what way are you standing with Christendom? Are you supportive? Or you are the type who will complain of what you know and what you do not know? And immediately you go to church, they are talking about raising funds for one thing or the other. You're checking out. You just quickly go because that's why you don't want to hear about it. You, if you have that nature, God can never trust you with anything. I pray that you will grow up and you will become matured. I pray that maturity will find you, that you yourself will determine to grow as a child of God. I'm leaving you with this word this very week, and I believe that it must have long to bless you. You see, why Barnabas was trusted to go and search for a man like uh, uh, Saul? It was just because they have seen that if he goes, he, he, he was full of the Holy Spirit. And there was no rattling from Paul or Saul that will, that will make him not to trust in what he has believed, which is in Christ. And they know that he wasn't going by his capacity. He was full of the Holy Spirit and full of faith. Can your church trust you to, to, to go and fetch those who have backslided or who are persecuting Christ, persecuting the world? Without you going there, if they, put, if they present you a philosopher, you will, you will just sit there and then the philosopher will dazzle you. You are not matured. Because if you know what you have believed in, you will stand firm and you know, proclaim Christ no matter the environment you are in. I pray that the Lord will make us mature Christians. I pray that he will make us mature Christians, that we will not go about just going to church like nominal Christians, but we will desire to become mature in that which we profess. May God bless you and keep you, and may he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you as you walk through this whole week. In Jesus' name, I pray with thanksgiving. Say a big amen. Remember, this has come to you from my humble self, Apostle Henry Dokken of River Supply Bible Church. You can join us every Sunday in Rikers was number 89 from 10, from 10 o'clock. I look forward to hearing from you. Stay blessed and keep listening to Radio Voice of Niger. Bye for now. the powerful word of God from the Apostle Helen Ruth Docker, the director of Radio Niger.
Well, before we hit the hour of nine o'clock, I would like to bring to you a piece of the pastoral forum. So just stand by. pertaining to the second coming. So you are in for a good treat and I have a uh, specialist on this subject. And I will be introducing our guests uh, shortly, so stay tuned. Yes, welcome back uh, listeners to the Pastoral Forum. And it's my honor this hour to introduce to you our guest for today, Dr. Peter Hayes. Uh, he is a lecturer in um, 
Eschatology. Seminary. Tendale Theological Seminary. Seminary, thank you. Uh, here in Bad Hooverdorp. And I would like to use this opportunity to thank uh, the, the, the Dean and the staff of uh, uh, Tyndale for granting this opportunity that we may bring uh, to you this very special interview. Uh, welcome, Dr. Peter, for uh, to Voice of Niger today. Thank you very much, Larry. It's a joy to be here. Uh huh. Well, well. First of all, I would like you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself um, and your ba- and also your background uh, as far as this topic is concerned. Mm-hmm. Well, I did not grow up in a Christian home, mm-hmm. uh, but when I was seventeen and went away to study. I met some believers, and they told me about Jesus Christ. And very quickly, it became clear to me that the message of Jesus Christ is the truth. Through studying the book of Hebrews and through the life witness of this fellowship, I was deeply convicted of my own need uh, for salvation in Christ and gave my life to him. Um, I've been very thankful for God's grace at that moment and every moment since then. When I had lived um, for a short time in this fellowship for a year or two, I realized that the Lord was uh, calling me into ministry. And so I set off first to study at Bible College in Mm -hmm. Philadelphia Mm -hmm. and then attended seminary in Portland, Oregon in the United States and finally in Dallas, Texas, where I got a, a doctorate in systematic theology. Okay. Then uh, shortly after graduating from Dallas, I came over to the Netherlands Mm -hmm. and have been serving here for 22 years as a missionary with Greater Europe Mission. I've done church planting and have been working for about 15 years with Tyndale Seminary. Awesome, awesome. We thank God for all he's put into you and uh, we hope to, to, to gain some. He actually criticized the Pharisees. He said to them, you know, you see... Uh, the, the, the sun turning red at night and you say tomorrow will be fair weather. Yes. And then he went on to say, but you fail to interpret the, the signs, signs of the, the times. times. See, Jesus looked at these people and uh, were living in a world like our own in many, in many ways. Mm-hmm. And, and here one of the greatest prophets though they studied the scriptures uh, they were reading them with their own hopes they were placing their own hopes into the scripture mm-hmm. rather than uh, rather than listening to the to the plain testimony of, of the Bible but I think it's quite scary because uh, here were religious uh, leaders of that time mm-hmm. and yet they, 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 they couldn't discern the fact that the Messiah they've been waiting for was right in their midst yes so it, it places us also in a very precarious situation now that although many are going about preaching the gospel talking about second coming and yet they may be um, quite ignorant about certain uh, clear signs which God has given to us and that's why the question I ask uh, what do you think are some of the uh, prophetic landmarks which are present in the world today which anyone can look at and say oh yeah I see this and that and that in place therefore I got to be ready because Jesus may be coming soon. Yeah. If you could really zero in on that, would be would be great. Yeah. Let me let me let me say a couple things about that. Yes. Let me just let's just take a break here. See if we can get my colleagues. To... First, I'd like to say that um, it's important uh, not to. 
fall into the error of setting dates, mm. getting the idea that we ourselves know exactly when Jesus will return. Mm. Um, Jesus himself in, in Mark chapter 13 said, concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, mm -hmm. not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Mm -hmm. Be on guard keep awake for you do not know when the time will come mm -hmm. so although we uh, need to be on our guard and be awake and alert for this we need to be careful about setting a date so that's the first thing i think it's important to say mm -hmm. secondly uh, i believe that the coming of christ will actually take place in two parts mm -hmm. he will come in the first uh, part for those who believe in him his followers his mm -hmm. disciples those who love him yes. and he will gather them uh, to himself and take them up to be with him him in heaven mm -hmm. and uh, there's actually no event that uh, we're waiting for that has to take place before that moment uh, we talk about that being an imminent event something that could happen at any time literally before we finish this conversation mm -hmm. the lord could snatch us away to be with him in heaven mm -hmm. that'll be a wonderful moment mm -hmm. amen then the second part of, the, of, of the, his coming, his second coming, will actually be when the Lord himself returns to earth. So he will uh, descend from heaven uh, with, an, with a heavenly army and actually descend all the way so his feet will touch in, uh, in Israel, in Jerusalem, in the Mount of Olives, uh, okay. leading a great uh, heavenly army uh, to establish his kingdom where he will rule actually uh, from heaven. So you mentioned the two events here. The first one, which we popularly refer to as a rapture, where uh, believers will be re resurrected. Uh, and those who are dead will resurrect, and those yes. who are living will be uh, get, we'll translated yeah. mm -hmm. uh, to meet the Lord in the air. Yeah. And then the second part being uh, when he visibly uh, descends from heaven touches his feet on Mount Ellis yes. and begins uh, his millennial reign. Yes. Those are the two events you're talking about here. Yes, yes. Okay. I prefer to speak of them as one event. One event. Uh, but with two parts. With two parts, okay. And as far as that, what that second one will look like, there are some signs mm -hmm. that we can uh, look forward to. In, um, in Matthew 24, yes. Jesus' disciples asked him very much, when, when is this all going to happen? When will we see the Son of Man come? Mm -hmm. And um, starting at verse 3, as Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And mm -hmm. what will be the sign of your coming and the close of the age? Right. And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. Yeah. For a nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places, yes. and all these are but the beginning of the birth pains. Mm -hmm. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation mm -hmm. and put you to death. Mm -hmm. And then finally he says this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world mm -hmm. as a testimony to all the nations. And then the end then will come. come. So Jesus actually mentions a number of events that will be taking place. Mm -hmm. 
And this passage, I didn't read them all, but there will be wars and rumors of wars. Mm -hmm. There will be false Christs, false mm -hmm. religious leaders. Right. There will be persecution of those who love the Lord. Mm -hmm. uh, and there will be actually signs in the heavenlies as well. The heavenly bodies will be darkened and change in color. Mm -hmm. Well, someone might say, uh, this world has known uh, wars and troubles. So is, is, is that anything new? What would make us believe that what is happening right now is a pointer to the fact that Jesus is coming back? Because our world has been used to wars and farming and troubles anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, if uh, my understanding is correct, as I just explained to you, of course, one of the major things that will alert the world to the return of Christ to the earth yes. will be the first part of his return when millions or perhaps more than a billion people are suddenly taken to be with the Lord. Suddenly, in the, the Bible says, in the twinkling of an eye. Uh, that the believers in Jesus will be taken away mm -hmm. and they will be uh, safe with him in heaven and one day the world will wake up and that will have happened and uh, that will be a staggering event and that will be the first clue that these wars these rumors of wars these false religious teachers they are the ones that are happening right before the end of time mm -hmm. well amazing um well, let's take the next question. We might get back to aspects of what you just said later on. Certainly. Um, so how much of Bible prophecy do you think has already been fulfilled? Because uh, our world has gone to a level where uh, you mentioned secularism, uh, which is pre prevalent here in the Netherlands, for example, mm -hmm. and other, other, other things which have, have, has, have, has made people to be skeptical. And they don't want to believe nothing. They don't believe in God. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know whether anything is going to ever change their, their 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 faith. But how much of Bible prophecy do you think has actually been fulfilled? Can you give us a rough idea? Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I'm going to have to end the program there. We're going to make way for um, prophetic. Um, our next, our final program for today, we're going to be talking about uh, motherhood in the first 1,000 days. So thank you for being a part of the last program, the last show. Thank you so very much. Stand by for next program. to you, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Apostle Larry Duncan. We are in a segment, health segment that we'll be talking about uh, motherhood. And we're going to be looking specifically at what we title a thousand days of, um, let me take it again, thousand days inside from migrant and Dutch mother's perspective. In other words, we're going to be looking at how uh, to be a mother 
and to be able to create us to, to develop or to nurture and to bring forth uh, healthy children. Uh, based on recent studies uh, about what happens within a thousand days, a lot of work and effort and campaign has been ongoing regarding uh, what happens within the thousand days. And we are trying to conscientize uh, the public on this issue. So, so we're going to be discussing today uh, how, you know, mothers have been raising their kids uh, in this time period. I mean, prior to this, uh, the, 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 the revelation of this uh, research in a way. So we're going to be giving details, but so we'd like you to stand by and, you know, enjoy the show. Please feel free to be a part of it from the very, very start. I'm going to give the floor to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give the floor to uh, Apostle Helen Roof to introduce our guests uh, this morning. We have uh, them in the studio and we have also one joining us by Skype. This is Diana Hamilton singing some nice Ghana tune for us to open the way. I want to check whether Miss uh, Choice, Miss Choice, are you there? Hello? Miss Choice, are you there? Okay, we'll see about that later. gentlemen uh, like I said earlier we're gonna be uh, uh, talking about thousand days insights from the migrant and the Dutch mother's perspective in this program we'll be analyzing the practice around carrying of pregnancy until the second year of the child uh, we call it the thousand days of life and we want to look at it from a Dutch mother and a migrant mother's perspective Hereby, we hope to gain some understanding into the lifestyle practices and how it impacts the later life, the later life of the child. Uh, we also will investigate how much they know about the risk and the benefits of doing the right things during the 1,000 days. 
So from two different cultural backgrounds, we hope to exchange ideas as well as to learn new things and new ways of dealing with pregnancy within the 1,000 days. On this note, I would like to invite Apostle Halero to introduce our guests. Well, thank you so much. I believe that uh, this program is going to be very, very faithful and uh, fruitful, and uh, you are going to enjoy it. Remember, you have tuned in to Radio Voice of Niger, your popular radio program on Radio Razo, and this hour we are transmitting on 103.8 megahertz and 105.2 cable. So join us wherever you are from any part of the world, and uh, let us uh, uh, make um, very good um, uh, choices in what we are going to say. Our professionals are here, and uh, my guests today are people who are very seasoned, and uh, some of them have been working in, in this uh, municipality of Southeast for a long time, doing very good job among the migrant community. So permit me this hour to just introduce to you uh, Miss Joyce Aboje, who is uh, uh, in Aboje. She will speak by herself. Joyce, please, welcome to Radio Voice of Niger. Please, can you go close and say hello to the fans. Thank you and uh, welcome to Radio Voice of Niger. As uh, Apostle said, my name is Joyce Abuaje. I'm a mother of two yeah. and also a health professional yes, in exactly. Amsterdam Southeast. It's true. Thank you so much. Uh, and uh, you came also with uh, uh, Miss um, Sylvia. Miss Sylvia uh, Vermas. Sylvia, please welcome to Radio Voice of Niger. Thank you, thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourself so that our audience, they are curious, they want to know. Well, um, uh, I'm Dutch, yeah. first. Um, I've lived here for 44 years. Wow. And I'm um, almost 25 years uh, in the business of maternity nurse. Wow. <laughs> You're 25, I love you, assurance, because some people have not ever been born before. You started practicing, yeah. so I think I'm really you're, you're you're making me feel very secure. I came from a medical home. My mom was a medical home. She was a maternity nurse. Mm -hmm. She was a, she was a maternity and also a nurse. That means two professions. Mm, yes. And then my senior sister is a nurse and also uh, a maternity nurse, and she, it's in America. And then the, one of the sons, my, my senior brother, is a thoracic surgeon. He has his practice in Long Island. Okay. Uh, so when we talk about medical things, I think I'm so interested. I think this is one of our people calling now. So thank you so much, and uh, you've made me relax. <laughs> <laughs> also, also, Sister Joyce. And we also have uh, Miss Linda Lidaka, who is uh, uh, a member of Gigidi and also from one. 1,000 uh, uh, days uh, project. Okay. So can you say hello to Radio Voice of Niger fans, please? Yes. Linda. Uh, yeah, my name is Linda Leidegger, and I, am, uh, I have been a uh, children's nurse in hospitals for about 20 years. Yeah. And the last six years I've been working at the GGD as a pediatric uh, children's community nurse. Yeah. And for the last year, I've been part of the team, uh, the Amsterdamse Aanpak Gezond Gewicht. Yeah. And that's a team who looks at how can we get the children in Amsterdam to be healthier, happier. And uh, we think one of the ways to achieve that is through uh, cut down on obesity mm -hmm. and overweight under in the in the children's yeah. age. Yeah. 
and um, I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about it, but we've discovered that the first thousand days of a child's life uh, have a big influence on the health of the rest of the yeah. of their lifespan. Yeah. So that's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Linda. Thank you so much. Well, you can see that these are experts who are here. They have been uh, they have been trained to handle children just like you. So it's very very important, and they are also mothers anyway. They are mothers. Yes. Yeah, very, very modest. So, so I mean, I've seen some of the kids of um, uh, Sister Joyce, and uh, because uh, we also were in uh, front of my head before where she was practicing. That's where she has she has her Joyce cram uh, sark. Yes. Uh -huh. So, uh, only that you are very humble. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna tell us what you've been doing good and uh, uh, the best things you've been doing and helping to deliver women here. So, I want. To ask, yes, come in, please, come in very quickly. This is, uh, come sit here, sit here, sit here, please. Yeah, sit. Thank you. Come quickly. Our fourth guest have just entered the mother. Yes, come closer. Come close, come close. It's all right, it's okay. So I give her the chance to just say hello to our viewers. This is uh, um, Mrs. Uh, Cecilia Achono. This a woman also who have raised kids here, and uh, and uh, I'm so glad you are here. Thank you so much, Auntie. Are you are you happy to be here also? Very so much happy you, to you, be here. You your way. <laughs> yeah, I'm very to much happy to be Unfortunately, <laughs> I came late. I tried to be early, yeah, yeah, it didn't work. Yeah, but it's okay. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much. Welcome. All right, so um, this is uh, Miss Linda uh, from Kigedi and uh, also a maternity nurse. Uh, she has uh, worked with uh, the kids. Yes. Okay. Yes, as a children's nurse. She, yes. Children's yeah. nurse. Yeah, children's children's nurse. Yeah. And then uh, you meet uh, uh, Mrs. Um, uh, jo oh, Joyce, Joyce. Abonche, yeah? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Abonche. Of Gram And then you meet her colleague as well, uh, Sylvia. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they are colleagues and uh, they are also working with Gram Just Gram And then we are here to talk on uh, the 1,000 days of, uh, of life. You know how women carry pregnancy uh, till, and how what they do with the pregnancy and how they take care of the kids uh, while the baby is still in the tummy till just two years of the child. Because we've just heard from them that what we eat determines how healthy a child can be or how obese or overweight a child can be, isn't it? So, yes. all right. So, you, you're gonna tell us some of your experiences. Now, the question goes: Would you please share with our listeners how you were taught to carry pregnancy and to nurture a healthy baby? Uh, to start with, not as a professional, yeah. but well, Africa mom. <laughs> <laughs> we were never taught how to. Yeah. Carry a pregnancy because the moment you enter into womanhood, yeah, yeah beware of boys, eh? Don't don't let any boy touch you. They never tell you why <laughs> until until it happens that you are pregnant. Okay. Then all eyes will be on you to yeah. tell you to take things easy. Mm -hmm. So from African perspective, what I know is that if you pass through the pregnancy in a normal way, yeah. without hiding it from your family. If it's more open, then all eyes are on you, making sure you are relaxed. Oh. Because stress can be a major factor yeah. for causing the health of the baby. Yeah. The stress can make you eat too much or 
two less, yeah. which will not be beneficial to the baby in your womb that yeah. you are carrying. So yeah. I think we were not taught until it happens. Then they help you from uh, in Africa. That's that's my experience. That's what okay, <laughs> yes. it's good. It's good. Let me hear from her because we are speaking from uh, the, the the Ghana perspective. Yes. Now let's hear from another part of Africa, from Nigerian perspective. From Nigeria. Tell us, were you taught about from pregnancy? Nigeria. How were you taught to nurture that baby that was in your tummy? Um, already pregnancy in Africa. How I knew about it. Pregnancy is a sacred thing. We always keep it. Yes. And we respect pregnancies. Yeah. We don't talk so much about it. We always hide it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, if, you are, if, you are, if you are not married and they happen to get into this, uh, this pregnancy, it's a problem for you. Yes. You keep yeah. on hiding yourself from Can people. Uh, Hello. Sometimes you are okay. unmarried uh, girls by then who didn't know it what to do, they used to use birth to, just to hide the pregnancy from, but a child that wants to sure, come, so we did, even to disgrace the unmarried girl. Yeah. But nobody taught me about pregnancy. I just saw it with my mother and uh, aunties and people around. Mm -hmm. But something I know special about pregnancy, people don't just expose it like they always cover it. Yeah, that could also be true and it's still true even in Europe here uh, that we have the healthcare facilities and we educate the public, we educate our patients yeah. about what, how they should go about it and so they will be telling African moms here that I'm not pregnant, you see the belly growing and then they'll say no, 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 I just ate, I just ate, yeah, just to hide it from bekendermans, uh, you know, familiar people. But when uh, it's up to professionals, then they are open. We are all open here in, uh, in Europe to talk about it and follow the advice of the professionals. But from the African roots, definitely, you see a woman here in Southeast, nine months pregnant, even carrying twins or triplets, but still will be denying, oh, it's not pregnancy, I'm just full, I'm just full, until the children or the baby is born. Why, 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 why they go about denying about pregnancy, even when they are married? Uh, excuse me, I need to interrupt. Uh, can we acknowledge the, uh, the guest or other guest who is on by Skype? Go ahead. All right. Go ahead, introduce her. Hello, hello. Hello, good morning. Oh, wow, awesome. So eventually we are connected. Well, we are connected with Miss Choice Osagi Day. She is also a mother who raised her kids here in the Netherlands. Joyce, can you say hello to Radio Voice of Niger fans? Yes, hello, good morning, everybody in radio. Good morning. Good morning, Sister Choice. Yeah. All right, so uh, keep listening, and then when you have a contribution, then um, you just feel free to come in, okay? Okay. Since we are not seeing you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, please, Sonny, can you continue? What well, you saying? Yeah. That's the experience with the African, so you have seen it, Linda, that pregnancy with the African moms uh, is like... Um, I don't know, do I call it a, a taboo then? Because you say it's sacred. Is it sacred? It's sacred. So does it bring bad luck? If people sacred, see you... Sacred. At least it's, 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 it's sacred. It's a blessing. It's a blessed thing. Yeah. It's not something... Uh, you keep it yeah, for yeah, yourself. You just keep it, yes. you know, with okay. respect. You respect it a lot. Yeah, yeah. so that makes them, they don't so talk about it. I mean, for those who are married, 
Yeah. But when you're not married, it becomes taboo. Okay, yes. <laughs> yeah. And even though and they think it's sacred and they don't talk about it and they hide it, do they still go to midwives and, and receive their checkups? Yeah, that's what I said. That that's even here, yeah. that we go to midwives and we see the gynecologist, we have the echo and everything. Okay. You know, you, you, you don't brag about it. That See, God has blessed me. I'm pregnant. Yeah. Okay. And even the doctor say that I'm, uh, I'm expecting twins. You, yes. you, you don't brag about it. You, okay. you just pr protect the baby by um, uh, holding a, a secret that is high. Uh, yeah. it, it, yeah. it's, it's so... Holy, that you don't talk too much so that eyes will be on you. That's the uh, the evil eye. Yeah, oh, yeah we'll come on it. Yeah, so you, you, it's only between you. You know, you know, I told you she, she, she's been here for 44 years. So. <laughs> you and the professionals of okay. course you go there with your doctor uh, with your husband or maybe with your mother-in-law or with your sister yeah but it stays within the close family and you take the advice of the midwives yes. or the professionals you take that seriously yeah. okay. but not to the outside world no so what do you think of all these dutch women with exposing their bellies taking photos of yeah. them and that must be a huge contrast between yeah, exactly. it's a cultural thing well let us hear from a doctor yeah. yes <laughs> So Sylvia, tell us when you were pregnant, what was really how were you told to, to, to keep it? To keep it? Yeah, how were you told to maybe not uh, talk it or well, of course, the, pregnancy? the close family, uh, I told them that I was pregnant and they will send them uh, congrats eh, that it finally get through. Yeah. Um, and you get... I'll be sending cards but hey you're happy pregnancy good for you take good care of you and, really? your, and your child and um, and that's it and you go to the midwife and also you get of course a list of what you cannot eat yes what you have to eat yeah. and also the vitamins like volume sure uh, you have to take it um, um, because of uh, you want to have a perfect baby, of course, by yeah. the end of the, the pregnancy. Mm -hmm. um, and then when you're exposed for the outside world, it's like, oh, how busy it is. And, and yeah, it's more open. Really? It's more also, open. At what point did you make it open? Is it from just when it's one, or one month or two months, or it has become big, everybody can see it? Is well, that right? Um, my belly was bigger than normal, <laughs> so I, I always said I'm, I'm always walking about uh, behind the, the baby carriage. Uh, but um, but I was open from the day one. Mm -hmm. Yes, from day one I was open, so everyone was witnessing that I was pregnant, and um, of course my close family, like my parents, my my sister, my brother and my family-in-law, they were all open from day one. So from that point on, it goes on a little bit further. Like, if you expose more, yeah. then they say, oh, how are you doing? And uh, how are you feeling? And, and that sort of thing. So from day one, I was open. Oh, wow. Well, that is contrary to the way. But now, we want to contrast it. The, we, we spoke about how it was in Africa. The African and the migrants who are here, mm -hmm. uh, how are they still having mm -hmm. pregnancy? Uh, it it differs from generation. Yeah, what's up? Okay. Yeah, Joyce, do you have something to say? Hello, Joyce. 
okay. Yeah. Uh, it depends on uh, generation. Because what I see is that the second, the second generation are like the Dutch uh, clients of us, like our children. They are more they expose the pregnancy. So I remember me myself having been educated here when I got married. The advice that one. Hello? Uh, woman gave me was that be careful the moment you get pregnant don't tell anybody eh? like the Dutch people they do keep it to yourself <laughs> till you give birth don't tell anybody and sitting in front of her I was pregnant so I decided to shut my mouth <laughs> not to tell her anything at all because she was advised not hello? to tell anybody but the problem is the, the point is that hello hello choice yes I'm still listening yeah, because we are just cutting off and cutting in, and then it's making the. Uh, I think it's the network, guys. I'm really trying. <laughs> I'm not to use video, only audio. Please just but use audio because that would be better. Because otherwise, it's just distracting what I'm doing, and that wouldn't be very nice for oh, the other. Then okay, then let me call back. Off, audio. Really do audio, huh? Can you just tell us a little bit of your experience on when you were pregnant, please? Yeah. Uh, f- for me, uh, when I was pregnant, uh, yeah, it, it was a little bit uh, surprising because uh, that was my first child and in a foreign uh, land. Yeah. So uh, I was a little bit scared as a younger girl, but uh, everything was okay. My most experience is... Uh, I was always spitting. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Yes, I was always spitting. I have to go with a cup everywhere I go. Mm. Oh, spitting. Uh, spitting, yeah. It was not easy for me. It was not nice at all. But the, 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 uh, the point we were in was we wanted to know if... Uh, mm-hmm. You were as spoken without pregnancy. Were you were you exposing it the way the Dutch people do? Like uh, when they're pregnant, they expose their stomach, or were you hiding it uh, as an African woman? Well, how did you really handle yourself during that time? That's what. We- yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't have to expose myself. My pregnancy. Uh, our tradition is you you have to wait for three months before you start telling people that you are pregnant. Because if you tell them about, if you tell people that you are pregnant when you are one month, is, will anything happen? Or? Uh, anything don't happen, but due to our mentality, <laughs> we wait for three months before you tell a friend or family that I'm pregnant. Uh, I think I will come in here, Sister Joyce, because uh, what you are saying compared to the Dutch and on the medical side, it's true. It's just, uh, what's the word for it? Uh, Superstitious, you know? Not to say why, because, Sister, even those on the medical field, we believe when you tell the midwife or you tell your house doctor you've missed your menses, they will ask you for how long? Yes. And then you will say maybe for two weeks. The midwife will calculate for you to come and see her. We confirm the pregnancy, according to the medical uh, side, is 
only when you are three months, then it's confirmed. So the period that our forefathers or our mothers are cautioning us not to tell the world is because anything can happen within that first, because the future hasn't established yet. That's why in the beginning of this conversation, I said that in Africa, they try to pamper you so that you don't get yourselves into stress. Because stress can also cause you to lose the baby. Because they feel, as you said, anything can happen. Anything can Your happen. Your stomach is still very fragile. Yes. yes. So and you, anything you do, you have to think of exactly. the baby first. You yes. Have to and that's also first. why Sylvia also compared it also in the Dutch mm-hmm. culture, saying that when you go to the midwives, they give you some mortivites like folic acid, folimshir, so that the baby becomes strong. And then everybody watch over you uh, so that your body relaxes. You eat yeah. healthy. Sylvia mentioned it. But so, let me ask you. Yes, but my experience here, uh, when, with my first child, after uh, the doctor uh, found out that I was pregnant, they didn't give me anything. And that was a surprise to me. I even uh, talked with my daughter that I find that, that uh, in Africa, they give all these vitamins. Mm-hmm. But in Netherlands, they don't give anything. You just have to eat healthy. I was a little bit, uh, you know, scared of that. That ah, why is uh, this country like this? They have to give vitamins. But okay. the doctor yesterday, all the vitamins the baby needs is in you. That's true, sister. Because uh, the way we eat here could be different. I'm not saying that we eat better than those in Africa, because no. I know that even in Africa it's more uh, organic than what we eat here. But the yeah. reason is that uh, when you have a balanced diet, there's no need for you to take vitamins. Yeah, but you, yeah. you, you made mention, uh, uh, Sylvia said something about folic acid. It depends yeah. on individuals. Sylvia's age was different. She didn't mention her age when she was pregnant. And her medical history, we don't have to put it in public. Yeah, yeah. They look after that. That's why I said also, Sister Joyce, is that when it happens that you have miscarriages, Being a health professional, I have gone through that stages before. So when there's a pregnancy that our eyes are on you, then they do everything to put you in bed. Sister, do you get me? And then they give you every vitamin because like you said, you were spitting. I don't know how often you were eating. If eating is okay, then it's fine. But we shouldn't forget, throughout the nine months, you'll be monitored, eh? And when they see that you are lacking some iron, iron tablets will be given to you. If you like vitamin B complex, they will give that to you. But so far as there's nothing with, uh, wrong with your body, not only for pregnant women, all patients here, believe me, you won't get any medicine. Mm-hmm. But for the multivite, it's only a, fu- a, f- a supplement. Yeah, I have a question. Lida, I have a question. As a man, I'm just curious to know, the spitting aspect of the pregnancy, is that normal or is this only peculiar with people? Uh, did you spit a lot, uh, Sylvia? And, no. Uh, no, I didn't speak at all. You didn't have, you didn't have that nauseous nush, feeling? No. Yeah, no, I yeah think we, all, we all know that the pregnancies differ. Yeah, every, differ. Every, every, One every particular pregnancy. person, if you, have, if you conceive seven times, all different. Yes. Uh, every Sometimes, pregnancy is different. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sometimes that's why, that's you why speak we are in the first time, the first pregnancy will not uh, be so easy with you. Mm. The second one will be okay. Or mm. even throughout your pregnancies, you'll be having some complications. 
we are all not the same. Wow. Some are born naturally healthy, whatever they do, they don't uh, have uh, complications. <laughs> Some pregnancies, you don't need um, any vitamin. The only thing you need is just eat normal. Yes. Yeah. You don't yeah. have any yeah. problems with them. Just one yeah, that is true. Because Joyce, please, hold on. Joyce, Joyce, hold on, please. Let people speak here. Yeah. Can you speak? Because otherwise it that? gets a bit confusing. Because as, as uh, Joyce said earlier, folic, folic acid yeah. is necessary for every woman who yeah. wants to become pregnant. To uh -huh. start before you get pregnant uh -huh. is the best way to uh, prevent babies to be born. I don't know what you call it in the... Oh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's spina bifida. Yeah, the, yes. the open... Uh, that the nervous system doesn't quite close at the, at the back of the baby. Oh. That's something that's prevented by starting folic acid, preferably before a baby, uh, before a woman gets pregnant. And the other thing, in the Netherlands we don't have enough sun, and particularly for people who are darker skinned, they are at great risk of uh, becoming vitamin D deficient. So yeah. usually all pregnant women, and especially women who've got darker skins, in the Netherlands have to take vitamin D. All the other vitamins you should be able to get through a healthy diet. Yeah. Healthy, okay, now, yes. okay, can you please tell us, because I want to move to the next question. So yeah. what do you mean by healthy diet? Because to those who are listening to us mm -hmm. now, who are migrant uh, women, who may be anticipating to be pregnant or who are already pregnant, so they are hearing a uh, healthy diet. Uh, what, what can they eat to be sure that the first 1,000 days yes. is of a child is yeah. very healthy? Yes. A healthy diet is a balanced diet and it uh, contains of a lot of uh, vegetables, fruits, um, uh, uh, grains, dark grains, products, Dairy pulses, products. Uh, fatty fish twice a week. Yeah. Um, and dairy products like you yeah, dairy and products, yeah. yes. And, um, and yeah, yeah yes. and there's a great misconception in thinking you have to eat a lot more. Mm -hmm. You actually don't. Don't um, eat for two. No, don't eat for two. <laughs> don't eat what? Even for two. Don't yeah. eat for two. They always say yeah. you eat yes, oh, carry yeah, some. No, don't yes. eat for two. Yes. But, but tell us. Yeah. It's not how we eat because they will tell you eat because baby must eat. Yes. Eat. So you're eating for two anyway. Yeah. That's what they tell us. Yes. Don't eat for two. Now, yeah, they say don't eat for two. Don't eat for two. Joyce, did I tell you don't eat for two or did you eat for two or three? No, and that, that is, I was waiting for you guys to finish because I have a question for uh, the lady that just finished talking. Mm -hmm. She said uh, the women that are pregnant here with, with that is dark skin, the doctor advised us to take vitamin D. But in my case, that was different. No, I had three children here. I never took anything during the pregnancy. Oh, so are you? Oh, but your child, your your children, did they come out being healthy in that first uh, one thousand days? I mean, the first two yeah, days. Of yeah, yeah, they came out healthy, and the first three months, that is when they said, "Oh, the children have to take vitamin D after the children was born." But during the pregnancy, I never took anything. Lucky you, yeah. because you were healthy then. Uh, if believe yeah, me, Sister yeah, Joyce, I was healthy, but yeah. and I think that is the disadvantage also of uh, 
our pregnancy in a foreign country where you don't really know no. the system. Sister, sister, listen, I'm, I'm a health professional. I'm a nurse midwife. I've worked here for a long time. I've also been pregnant and I didn't get anything either because I knew I didn't need it. And when I needed it, it would have been given to me. So yes. the vitamin K that the babies, they get when they are born is enough for one week. And then yes. the maternity nurse will ask you to give vitamin K and D from the second yes. week. I don't know how old your children are, but previously we waited for two weeks before we gave the vitamin D, but now it's from the eighth day. So you are yeah. blessed for not getting anything. It means you were okay. Yeah. But, yeah? We, we, you know, when I started, I started with, I was spitting a lot. Mm -hmm. That is when, when I started talking with you guys. Yeah. I bring that up because now I have infection from it. But if I have grown up in this country and know a lot of things, maybe uh, I could have prevent my gum from getting infected because I just find out that when you are pregnant, you also have to see the thunder. Okay, just hold on, please. Let me pass okay. it over because uh, yeah, not really so they're, not, they're not understanding your accent very well. Now, what she's saying, Miss Linda, yes. is that... Uh, Miss Choice also, and uh, Miss Sylvia, what she said is that um, she was, she got um, a disease, an infection, an infection in her gum, yes. gum, during her pregnancy, yeah. because, no, but she said it's still affecting her, because of the spitting, so she must have spitted uh, greatly, oh, but, yes. but well done, honey, I know that, you know, that's, this broker, the broadcast is it's been uh, played uh, because African women, when they are pregnant, please permit me to say this, they always spit and that's in Africa, all the time they spit. But I heard you, Sylvia, you said you didn't spit. No. Okay, so she is saying that because they were already giving you guys tablets yeah. and then they didn't give to her and because she's a migrant woman, probably that's what must have affected her. Is it true or false? It's false. So let, me say, it's let, false. Me, let me say, sister, um, yeah. when you have dental issue, when you are pregnant, the dental issue comes in. So all pregnant women need to be, uh, needs to go to the dentist when they are pregnant. For extra doesn't it doesn't affect the for extra checkups. Okay. Oh. Yes, and we don't do that. Even here, we as an Africans, we wait till we have problem with our teeth before the house doctor will refer us to the, to the dentist. <laughs> yes, yes. I was I'm almost forty before I visited the dentist. Nobody I was here for twenty years and I didn't know. Joyce, please let other people speak. In our Listen, class, we are in a panel so, discussion. Please. So, Sister Joyce, I understand, but I, like I told you, I'm also a health professional in the midwifery sector, but I experience similar thing and when yeah. i'm pregnant i will be spitting and vomiting all <laughs> my intestines out that's african yeah. saying eh? yeah. it's like yes. a little oh, oh, for my, you, yeah. you spit a lot and yeah. i'll be vomiting nothing can enter my body no, i knew but, but, but he says she didn't have a spit no it's different every pregnancy is different you can be pregnant 10 times but it's all different okay, but why, 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 the, why, why are the dutch women not spitting why, why are the dutch women not spitting so for her, for her, problem with the teeth could be a different thing. It can also be related to the pregnancy that when she was pregnant and it was discovered, nobody discovered it. And it has well extended to serious issue. Yeah. But not because of the pregnancy spitting, because I'll be spitting and vomiting. Really? In my case, I knew eating healthy was good, but I couldn't get anything inside me. Okay, Nothing. Okay. Uh, Sylvia. Yes. Yeah. 
Did you spit when you were pregnant? No. no oh, Cecilia. The first day, the, the first, first time, my first pregnancy, I spit too much. But uh, afterwards, after the rest, it didn't happen. The microphone. Then would it would it not be good that then we let the migrant women know? Mm-hmm. Because I think probably some of them didn't know that uh, they have to take their dental, uh, go mm-hmm. to the dentist when they are pregnant. Yes. But now yes. this information is coming out. Yeah. But it's, it's, a it's, it's, it's like, why did why did Gigede or the city council wait for a long time before they are bringing this sort of information out to us? You know, because I think if if they they uh, they, they they have let us know that. Some of these things from the way we eat will be affecting the baby. Uh-huh. Okay, so don't eat for two, you eat for one. And then eat more of grace, eat more vegetable, eat this, and, and also live a healthy lifestyle. But these things were not coming out until people have already made their babies. No, the, the thing I believe the, that there are still many who are going to make their children who this broadcast will benefit. So it is a very good opportunity that we can talk about this. And if you go to the dentist uh, regularly, yeah. then please notify your dentist that you're pregnant. Yes. And okay. like I did, and my dentist said, okay, well, then come, uh, uh, don't wait a half year for your next checkup, but come in three months. Yes. Because everything is changing your hormones are changing yeah. your whole householding of your whole body is changing so he said also your teeth are changing in uh, the inside of your mouth so please let me check it because you never know wow we didn't have that opportunity in Africa no yeah. who will go to a dentist in Africa no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get problem with your gum then you go and see a dentist Shock. It's yes, a native shock, shock but it's, 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 it's come with a flavor. Yes. Uh, oh, 
I've forgotten the name. It's made out of yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a calcium. Yeah, calcium stain. Calcium stain. Do you know what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Do people eat it? Yeah. Did you eat it when you were? Mm-mm, mm-mm. No. No. <laughs> so, so tell me, really, is it that this is only peculiar with uh, Africa? Do we just feel those who fail to eat because almost some of them they are nosing and they are nosing and if they don't eat that chalk that time if they don't eat it for a day mm-hmm. when they are pregnant it's like the whole world is is you know breaking loose. And, uh, and sister, can I quickly say something? You go ahead. Say. Go ahead. Yeah, mm-hmm. and in Africa we were taught that that chalk make cleans the baby uh, body. That when you when you eat it a lot, so when you give birth, your baby skin come out smartly. That is what we are made to believe. But in Netherlands, the white people said, no, this is not good for the baby. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When, uh, when, when, you talk, when you talk of this, uh, we call it into yeah. in England. Yes. Um, during my first pregnancy, I didn't want, I didn't eat it. Okay. I had no appetite for it. Yeah. But the second time, I wanted it by all means, even to the extent of eating uh, sand. Really? Yes. Yeah. If I don't eat it, I felt so bad. I was so addicted to it. But the, the first one, I didn't remember it. Unfortunately, I came here right from Nigeria. I didn't have time to look around before I got pregnant. Mm-hmm. So my own experience is different from many of us here. So I didn't have um, good experience with it. I had to hide it. It was also during the winter. I had to keep it to myself. Didn't know what to do. Didn't know much people. So before I could go to doctor, it was uh, almost around four months. So did doctor know you were eating something like that? But for the first first uh, pregnancy, I didn't eat uh, uh, the. Yeah, no. The second uh, one you ate. Second ahead. one, I need. Uh, yeah, I have, I have to hide it. If I let the doctors know that I was eating something, like that. would they tell me? I was ashamed of myself. I was ashamed of myself, but I need my when I when I have appetite for it, I can't hold it. Mm-hmm. After eating whatever I used to, so, so yeah. then I become I become ashamed of myself, very remorseful. Yeah. But after two days of it will come back again. I'll go back to eat the same thing what mm-hmm. I didn't supposed to eat that yeah. I know that was harmful to my child. Mm-hmm. Sister Joyce, did you eat that as well? No, no. You didn't have any desire. No, I didn't. Like I said, similar to Sister Joyce, it's yeah. like I was spitting and vomiting a lot, so my health okay. was an issue. Oh, okay. But as she was explaining, I knew yeah. I felt I was sick. Yeah. But according to the medical uh, staff, they said. It's pregnancy it's symptoms, so no treatment was given, but I had to make sure I would be drinking a lot of water, water. and I couldn't drink, wow. so they had to just put infuse uh, the IV on yeah, me, yeah, 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 yeah. and they give me this boost uh, of uh, getting some water, water in my in body, okay. in my system, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I had, I didn't have appetite for anything, mm-hmm. nothing at all. Okay, thank you. Uh, can we quickly know from you, can we quickly know from you, Linda, what are they supposed to be eating Mm-hmm. and doing that can keep uh, the pregnancy healthy and also the child healthy yes. till the age of two. Yeah. Can you tell us, please? Till the age of two, or are we still talking pregnancy? Mm-hmm. First, the pregnancy? Yeah. We, we, we've said a little bit about it, haven't we? Lots of vegetables, yeah. fruits, yeah. the grains, mm-hmm. the fatty fish, yeah. um, the, the dairy products. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, 
as she said, the alcohol, no alcohol, no, no smoking. I don't know whether lots of African women smoke, no, but I don't smoke. think no, so. No, that's a good thing. Yeah. And uh, there's some foods you need to watch out for because they can contain a harmful bacteria or carry harmful mm. diseases, like raw milk products. Cheeses mm -hmm. were made of raw milk. French yeah. cheese. Um, raw yeah. meat yeah. can be dangerous. Um, what else? Really? Too much vitamin A. So yes. there's things like in liver, there's a lot of vitamin A and it can actually harm the baby most. if you eat too much. But once a week would be all right. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. But also things like too much coffee or the energy drinks were very popular right now. Mm. They can make the baby, they make you active, yeah. but you share the blood with your baby. Everything you're eating is going through the placenta to the baby. So the baby gets jumpy as well. Mm. And it's not healthy for the baby to wow. be so excited yeah, yeah, yeah. all the time. Exactly. And the other things we haven't talked about, you said about stress. Mm -hmm. Stress is, uh, can be harmful for the baby. Now it's not always easy to avoid stress, but if your environment can help you to make things a little bit easier for you or your employer, it might be beneficial to let him know you're pregnant so he knows that you can't ask too much of you at that time. Also, moving a lot helps you. It helps you stay mentally healthy because moving gives you the, the good vibes, the good hormones that make you feel more happy and more relaxed. Yeah. But it's also good for the baby to move a lot and try to get enough sleep. Sleep is also a little bit neglected and underrated, but for children and for expectant mothers, sleep yeah. is important. Yeah. So let me ask you, in your practice, have you been seeing African women, the migrant women, doing some of this transformation, like uh, keeping fit, uh, you know, having enough sleep and uh, being less stressful? Unfortunately, what we have in our population here in Amsterdam Southeast, where our practice is, is, uh, is not yeah. as Linda is saying. But uh, she made a point that uh, make it known to your employer. It's not easy. I know how the system works for we migrants, yes. how we come about the job. So yeah. you cannot easily tell your boss that uh, I'm pregnant and because you're afraid of losing your contract. Exactly. So uh, what I've been seeing here is that when it's known to your midwife yeah. or your gynecologist, because at the hospitals, they have mass public barristers, social workers, yeah. who can take your problem and deal with your employer, or even with the UFA. Because yeah. with the UFA, yeah. if you're unemployed, you have to apply solicitancy uh, application letters before you get your income. Yes. That can also bring stress to the pregnant yeah, woman. So all these things causing you stress, feel free to share with your midwife or your gynecologist mm -hmm. so that they can intervene for you. I've seen a lot of patients who are getting this letter yeah. from their midwives and the mascapulic barristers that take it to your boss. And if anything, let your boss contact us so that you don't stress yourself with the work because the type of job we do here are very stressful. Yes. Moving is good, as Linda said, but we have sometimes three jobs. One will be in Amsterdam, the second one will be in Amsterdam uh, Oost, yes. and then the last one will be somewhere in uh, yeah, Schiphol. So you are moving everywhere. We are moving everywhere with a lot of stress. Hey. Let's communicate with your uh, caretaker, yes. and then they will also help you with it. Be that's open and good. share with them. Yeah, that's a very good tip. Do you see the situation? Have you seen the situation of the migrant woman? Yeah. Um, 
I haven't personally, but I know of colleagues who live, who work in this area or other areas where there's a lot of migrant people. Yeah. And it's true that their working conditions are... are Very stressful. Yes, they are. Yes. So... And it's not as well protected. So. Yeah. Exactly. You yeah. see? So, and then you cannot just sit and say, because of pregnancy, I will not go and work, I will not do this, I will not. So, I think the migrant women, they are really, really struggling, and uh, any, any support that must be given to them must be done. Yeah. That would be very nice if uh, they, they could have some uh, uh, support from the government. But already, uh, we are talking about people who are born here. From Africa, where we are, we work hard. We women work hard, even with yeah, pregnancy. That is true. We go far distance. We do hard the things. Market. We didn't. We know. We just believe yeah. that when a, a child comes to stay, mm -hmm. we stay, and they'll stay, stay. <laughs> but you know the uh, culture, uh, the culture, the uh, culture of Poland and African culture, they differ a lot. So um, where we 